the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. AM 970 presents Eye on Real Estate. This is your premier source for real estate information. From the hot properties in the tri-state to the latest in real estate market trends. From mortgage news to answers to all of your real estate questions, you'll be in the know with help from the experts. Call now, 866-970-9622. 866-970-9622. Now, here's your host for Eye on Real Estate, Douglas Elliman's CEO, Dottie Herman. Good morning, everyone. I'm Dottie Herman, and this is Ion Real Estate. We're, of course, the only show on talk radio that's all about real estate and everything that has to do with real estate, which in this day and age is just about everything, except for politics. <laughs> we can tell you how to sell a house, how to buy a house, how to get a mortgage or a loan, an equity loan, how to make your home increase in value, how to stage it, what renovations are a waste of your time unless you just want to do them, or what renovations are really going to bring you money back in your home. So if you have any questions, of course, we do rentals and relocations, and we have offices all over the country so that, you know, if you need something in Florida or Aspen or any place else, we can hook you up with one of our best agents and work with you right through the process. So if you have any questions, there are some ways we can, or any way we can help, or if you have any good ideas or input, give us a call at 866-970-9622. That's 866-970-9622. Today, the show, again, is only one hour because of the Syracuse game. And it's an early game today. But this is the one time, I don't like them to get away with it all the time, but this is the one time it's okay with me because I didn't pack yet and I have a flight to take very shortly. Um, I'm joined by my co-host, Real Estate. With attorney Jerry Feeney. Good morning, Dottie. You better pack. Good morning. <laughs> Why do you, you always wait to the last minute to pack. Doesn't that make you nervous? I have to pack the night before whenever I go away. I no, never, I I'm say. always running the last minute. And then I always pack too much. <laughs> <laughs> That's like, you know, then I always, like, I always you know the much. weather, what if the weather, you know, when you go somewhere, yeah. you never know what the weather's going to be like there. And right. sometimes, you know, so the weather I think is in the 50s and I don't know. You know me, then I have the shoes, and the, I kind of have everything up to work. Well, so now I was trying to pack it into one luggage, but I don't know that that's going to work. Yeah. Some people are great packers. I oh, am not one people, of those. Some people go away for a week, and it's like a little knapsack. Yeah. I don't know how they do it. How do they do that? I, I really don't, don't understand. I try. They, they, they don't repeat outfits either. I was, I was like, where, how did you fit all that stuff Yeah, in? they have a knack. I, I know so yeah. many people who just put a little knapsack yeah. together. They go away for a week. They look good. Oh, but have you I guys always, figured out how to do that I yet? Always check a, no. I always check a bag. I, I always check a bag too, too Daddy. <laughs> Me too. So I guess it doesn't work for us. <laughs> Anyhow, of course, I'm here with our ace mortgage experts, Citizens Bank Vice President, Ace Waterhouse Park. Oh. And Ace, we were just talking about you the other day, and someone said, boy, did they give Ace, what does Ace's parents give him the right name? He's really an Ace. Oh, thank you. Good morning, guys. 
Good morning. Most people think it's a nickname. And you can also email us at radioshow at element.com. And you can follow me on Twitter and Facebook. And if you miss the show, you can download our app on Ion Real Estate at the App Store and listen to us at your convenience. I want to take a moment to thank Citizens Bank for their support. The heart of Citizens Bank policy has always been to help make communities stronger. Citizens extended nearly $1.5 billion, not million, billion dollars to development in local communities this past year. That is amazing. Yeah. Um, citizens loaned more than $1 billion to small businesses and to businesses in low and moderate income communities and also made more than $3.5 billion in mortgage loans to low and moderate income borrowers and to borrowers in low and moderate income communities. And that says so much for them because um, you always have to give back. I think, you know, I think that's one of my models and they really do give back. And that, therefore, if you are one of those people that are not sure if you can afford it, you should call ACE because they have so many great programs. More than 34% of citizens' branches were readily accessible to residents of low, moderate income communities. So all you have to do is visit citizens online at citizensbank.com. That's citizensbank.com or call them at 1-800-922-9999. Or if you have a question about loans and mortgages and you'd rather speak to a person on the phone, then you can call us right now and speak to ACE at 866-970-9622, 866-979-622, or leave a message with our producer and just say, Here's my number. Have Ace call me. We'd love to hear and from we'll you guys. That. Yeah. And we will uh, get a hold of you and communicate with you in the way that's best for you and that's most comfortable. Obviously, if you were born today, you're a Libra. And people born on, Octo- in, on October 6th are caring and understanding. And everyone around them can count on their helping hand. I think that's a good horoscope. They appreciate small gestures and good entertainment. And they are in general, happy with life, with the life they have. So happy birthday for everybody that's a Libra. On this day, I always tell you what happened on this day. And actually, this is amazing. Cinema was born today. On this day in 1889, Thomas Edison shows his first motion picture. Now, does anyone ever see it? I don't think he had a lot of audience for that first one, but genius. He he invented so many things we forget he invented this scope. Yeah, I didn't realize that. I don't even know. I mean, I was wondering if there was, was, you know, if they ever had anything to show his first movie, but I don't remember ever seeing anything, but maybe. Um, In 1952, Agatha Christie's play, The Mousetrap, opened in London, and um, it's still running. (laughs) Wow. Uh, now, that, wow. that's pretty long. Yeah, that's 1952, a long so it's got to be how many years? Yes, 60-something, maybe 65, something like that. A lot of years. Okay, um, before I do some questions, um, we have a real estate report, and that's by, uh, we've just released our third quarter 2018 element reports for the Manhattan sales market and northern Manhattan sales sub-market. Um, the coverage area is defined as the area north of West 116th Street, Central Park, and East 96th Street. Both reports are the leading resources on the state of the respective real estate market. And, of course, you can 
go to the Douglas Feldman website and find any of our reports about any of the areas that we're in. Um, you can look at past sales, future sales, what's on the market, what's sold, and trends. I mean, they're really very, very knowledgeable. You know, they're really very thorough. Jonathan Miller does a wonderful job for us. Um, and you can really track real estate in your area. Both markets, though, are still resetting to a lower level of activity until the consumer works through the implications. Now, they're saying, okay, nobody knows why the sales are a little bit off of Manhattan. Um, they're saying because of tax cut, rising mortgage rates, and direction of the economy over the next few years. But from everything I hear, the economy looks good for the next few years. But um, the Manhattan co-op and condo markets saw a decline in year-over-year sales for the fourth consecutive quarter, but at a lower rate. Resale listings inventory rose steadily, which most gains seemed um, to be in the studio and one-bedroom markets. But basically, the total real estate sales in Manhattan fell about 11% in the third quarter. Uh, prices fell, inventory jumped, and discounts were higher and more common. Um, Jared and Ace, in your opinion, because of these papers, as far as I'm concerned, that I'm reading, are just people's opinions, because mm -hmm. that's all mm -hmm. they can be. Um, what are you thinking the slight decline is from? Um, well, my my observation is that I, I just think that, uh, frankly, all the political uncertainness, uncertainty um, is creating a little bit of um, unease. People are very uh, happy with the robust economy. Um, you know, certainly those numbers are great. Yes, interest rates have ticked up a little bit, but I don't think that is making a material difference for people that can still afford to buy. They're just a little more cautious. They're mm -hmm. afraid um, of what's going to happen. They think that real estate might um, tank, frankly, because of all of the political um, uncertainty. And that's what I'm hearing. I think I think there's a tale of two stories, right? So, yeah, uh, Ace, what do you yeah, think? Yeah, so the reports are saying that it's, it, you know, there's a decline, but really the marketplace, there's a lot of activity. The problem is um, we're, we're going into a market where there's a price correction. So not necessarily that it's down, but just, you know, the prices are are at a point where sellers are still at a point where they still want those premium pricing and buyers are shifting to a buyer's market. So there's a lot of activity with buyers in the marketplace, but I think you know sellers are still not priced right. And if you look at properties that are, that are priced right, they move very quickly. I think, you know, so. Yeah, I guess, you know, there's no science to it. Everyone has yeah. a speculation. But I think that, first of all, we were at a peak two years ago. We were. And even though, you know, prices are down, you have to look at what they're down from. Correct. You know, like, it's not like they were giving them away, okay? It's not like they're getting, you know, it's not like they're, they're free now. I mean, it's still a strong market, but it's, it's, it's the, the prices are down from the high. Um, and I think that that's a combination of, of, of the same things you're saying. I think in uncertainty, people are generally kind of, well, okay, what's going to happen? What's you know, these you know, with you know, what's going to happen with the politics? Who's going to be in? I think the taxes. Um, I don't know how that's impacting us. I don't know that I think, but I do think. I'm not talking about real estate taxes now. And Jerry, this is just my opinion for the audience. It is only my opinion, as a matter of fact. There was a whole lot of controversy in states like New York 
where we could only take, you know, we really couldn't deduct the full taxes, that would make a difference. What I see is millennials, which I'm going to do a little report on that later, are still trying to buy in New York. I don't think that's scaring them away. I think a lot of the older baby boomers who have businesses that are kind of slowing down now or they don't have to be in New York, I think New York is a very high tax. Yeah, I think I think that there was a lot of uh, talk, certainly in the beginning of the year with the Tax Reform Act, tax that, reform. that that limitation was going to really drive people away. I haven't seen it uh, come out at all. And in fact, mm-hmm. you know, on closer review of the of the Tax Reform Act, there was a, you know, a, a modification of the alternative minimum tax, which a lot of CBAs say is sort of balancing it out. So, you know, I don't I don't see any of my clients citing that as a reason. In the beginning of the year, there were a few, and we thought it was going to be, a, you know, kind of an avalanche, but it, it, it stopped right away. And I don't see anybody yeah. citing that reason. I also think, you know, that with the increase in rates um, this past week, um, we're going to start seeing a lot of buyers that were on the fence start to now realize, hey, you know what, if I wait too long, you know, the they borrowing power will be less and less. So I think we're going to see a lot of people start just jumping into the market um, in a more serious yeah. way, for sure. But but again, I, this is just my opinion. Again, I always tell you when it's my opinion, and my opinion is no better or worse than what you read. It's only their opinions. I do think a lot of it is the state's a high-tax state, and there's so many incentives. I mean, other states are trying to lo- get people to leave New York. So, when, you know, Jerry, didn't you tell me about a year or two ago, God, if I live someplace else, I'd pay half the taxes. Oh, it's, okay. it's unbelievable. It, it, you feel sometimes like, you're right, the state is trying to drive you out. They just keep, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. piling on and piling on, particularly if you're a small businessman. Right. And then other states are saying, okay, come to us. We're going to give you a better deal. Yeah. So uh, obviously, if your business is not in New York, or maybe you're retiring or something of that nature, or you're in a business where you can do with the internet, you know, if you're... You know, you you have a business that you can do from anywhere. Uh, I think that's that that could be a big part of it, also. But I still say the entry level market's tough because we don't have enough in- inventory there. Um, so my prognosis is it's a steady market. Um, I always tell people when the market is so so hot. The best time to buy is not then. <laughs> but that's what everyone does. Oh, the market's going. It's a good time if you're a buyer. It's, you're not going to steal anything. Don't, pay, don't, don't take that like this. But you can get some good deals now and some good values. Okay? And if you're in the market, there's no better time. And as Ace said, um, with the uh, tax rates coming up, you best move it if you're really in the, if you're in the market to buy. You should buy if you find something. Get out there and spend the time. But you know what? As I was saying about um, the millennials and all the people that said that because we're a state that we can't deduct the full real estate taxes, it was going to affect us. I found an article that I thought was um, interesting, and I'm curious to hear what you think about this or what does it tell you. It says millennials which are ages, what, 24 to about 34 around that era, are flocking to U.S. cities where they may never be able to afford a home. And it's (laughs) not that they can't afford a home. They're going to take a lot less. It says young people in the U.S. are flocking to cities where eye-popping real estate prices means it's it's tough for them to buy, and if they can, they can get a lot less. More than 12,000 
um, 12 million millennials, 12,000 millennials moved to San Francisco uh, with their, their cash flow zip code where um, the median home is 1.9 million. Nearly 2,500 millennials moved to New York's Battery Park City. That's my neighborhood. Where medium home values were also quite high. Now, yeah, they are. Yeah. And Ace, you know a lot about Battery Park City. Yeah, I live there. I mean, yeah. 10 years ago, it was like, eh. Ah, there was no one there. Now it's, now it's hot. Yeah, now it's very, very hot, especially on the weekends like today. Dottie, it's, um, there's so much hustle and bustle, retail shops, restaurants. I mean, uh, ice skating rinks. I mean, you name it. It's all, it's all here, you know. So. Yeah, and it says that in the three, in in the three of the top ten zip codes as far as price was located in notoriously pricey states like California, New York. Typical homes can cost more than a million dollars, and that is where it looks like a lot of the millennials are moving. L.A. was number one. Millennials increased by 91.4%, and there was over 3,000 new millennials that bought. And in New York City, Battery Park, 54.5% of an increase in millennials, and the, the number turns out to 2,300 new millennials moved and bought something in Battery Park. Yeah. Lincoln Square, which is in New York also, um, medium home there was $1.9 million. Um, and you have 47.7 percentage increase of, of millennials moving in there. Um, then you have, you know, California, San Francisco, Washington. So it seems that even though it's pricey, millennials seem to be leaning towards those big cities. So it shows you, you know, somebody answered a question to me. I, I kind of wrote Oh, I think I wrote something um, in one of my uh, tweets or something. I wrote that the, the price per square foot in New York is more expensive than any place else. And so some person who answered me wrote, so what does that say about, was that a good thing? What does that say about us? And I said, well, it says that people want to be here because obviously people wouldn't pay the price. Or take less because obviously for like $250,000, you can buy a mansion somewhere. Um, it shows you that people will pay for what they want to be and everything's a trade-off. You know, Donnie, and I do yeah. think the prices of the city will really help the suburbs around us like Westchester and Connecticut and Long Island. I, I really think they're all going to start to, you're going to start to see increases in them. And by the way, in the suburbs, you can get some really good deals. And so if you're a person that maybe is thinking, you know what, I have two kids now, I'll take that small commute for a little bit more land or house, it's a good time to look. It's a good time to look. You know, Ace, I don't want to get into this too much because we only have an hour show. Yeah. But a developer in the East Village is seeking investors for his boutique luxury condominium project in the East Village on East 13th Street using cryptocurrency. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Um, <laughs> the now, crypto conversation. Be yep. very careful with that. Correct. I am not sure how that ends up, <laughs> but that is one of the few projects I know. They, they're accepting real money also, but they are expecting, they're, they're accepting a cryptocurrency, which is interesting. 
What do you think about cryptocurrency? He's a, he's a big believer. Um, there are still people out there that believe that that's the wave of the future. So, you know. Yeah. So, you know, sometimes the people that make the most, everything is timing. Yeah. Sometimes they get in right in the, you know, in the right time. Exactly. Everything is timing in life. Yep. Get in at the right time and get out. We got to take a quick break. Uh, I don't know if I can hear on your end, but we'll be right back after these messages. Pat Boone again, and I've never before endorsed a pain relief product of any kind until now, until Relief Factor. My wife is thrilled because of her neck and shoulder pain, and let's face it, almost everybody over 50 has occasional aches and pains due to aging or exercise, and the three-week quick start is now discounted to only $19.95. It's 100% drug-free, and the majority of people who order it go on to order more. Let's see if we can get you out of pain, too. Go to relieffactor.com. Your table, ladies. Thank you so much. So, Vicki, how have you been? Great. It's been so long. Last time we saw each other was what? Your daughter's wedding on that yacht? What was it? The Atlantis? Yes, the Atlantis. It was perfect for the wedding with its three decks, bridal suite, immaculate restrooms, dance floor, and state-of-the-art sound system. The food and service was great, and I hear they bake those delicious rolls right on board. They do. You know, I've been trying to decide what to do for my daughter's Sweet 16 and some corporate events. You should absolutely book the Atlantis. They do more than just weddings. Sunset cocktail parties, bar and bat mitzvahs, luncheons, and guests are able to board from several locations. Francesca was so easy to work with. Call her at 212-385-9400 or email her at events at franstouchofclass.com. Charter the Atlantis for your event today. Call Francesca at 212-385-9400 or visit franstouchofclass.com. For a limited time, mention AM970 for a free menu upgrade on the Atlantis. For our Ask the Lawyer friends and listeners, you can attend any of Connors & Sullivan's free seminars on elder law, Medicaid, wills, and estate planning, and more. Yes, it's all free and all close to you. So come to Connors & Sullivan's free seminars. On Tuesday, October 23rd at Bocelli Restaurante, 1250 Highland Boulevard in Staten Island at 11 a.m., 3 p.m. and 7 p.m. And at the 3 West Club, 3 West 51st Street in Midtown Manhattan on Thursday, October 25th at 11 a.m. and 3 p.m. Can't go to any Connors & Sullivan's free seminars? Then call Connors & Sullivan at 718-238-6500 for your own free office appointment. Make an educated decision on your estate and family legal solutions today. Just call Connors & Sullivan at 718-238-6500 or go to connorsandsullivan.com. Connors & Sullivan. Plan now for later. Thinking about life insurance? What if you could make one free phone call and learn your best price from nearly a dozen highly rated price competitive companies? Well, that's exactly what happens when you call SelectQuote Life. For example, George is 40. He was getting sky-high quotes from other companies because he takes meds to control his blood pressure. But when I shopped around, I found him a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $25 a month. I'm SelectQuote agent Dan Savino. And believe me, if SelectQuote isn't shopping for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For your free quote, call 800-607-3551. That's 800-607-3551. 800-607-3551. Or go to SelectQuote.com. Since 1985, we shop, you save. Get full details on the example policy at SelectQuote.com commercials. Your price could vary depending on your health issuing company and other factors. Not available in all states. 
Copays, codes, coupons. Searching for savings on prescriptions is so complex, it's like you need a doctorate degree. Fortunately, CVS Pharmacy employs thousands who have one. Our pharmacists. Plus, we built a proprietary search tool to help them find you savings on prescriptions. You don't need to know all of that complicated stuff. You just need to know someone who does. Your friendly doctor of pharmacy at your local CVS. Savings vary. Not all patients eligible for savings. Ask pharmacist for details. It's I on Real Estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. Hi, we're back. You're listening to I on Real Estate. I'm Dottie Herman. I'm here with Jerry Keeney, my co-host, and H. Water Park, our real, our real estate. Well, I want to say you're a real estate expert, too, even though you specialize in all our financing. I think you know real estate pretty well, um, so I want to say you're both. But in any event, I just thought that you'd get a kick out of this in case you have any very rich friends and they want a very famous house. Um, um, the L.A. estate from the Godfather, the Godfather's house, lists again, and now it's at a bargain. The property came on the market for $195 million wow. in 2016. Wow. But now it's a mere $135 million, so that's the oh. bargain. Yeah, it's a bargain. Okay. It's a real bargain. Don't you think? The property mm-hmm. comprises of six different structures, totaling 50,000 square feet, so it's pretty big. There is a separate seven-bedroom house on the second parcel. There are more than 20 bedrooms and suites. I guess the Godfather had a lot of uh, friends. Yeah, a lot of and- friends that came over. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. It's known as the Beverly House. It's a Spanish colonial mansion. And if you go back to the Godfather, and even if you're young, you've seen it because it's on TV a million times. The Godfather, in the scene in which the enemy of Vito Cardione finds a severed head of a horse in his bed. Oh, I remember remember that. that? Yeah. (laughs) Who could forget that? Who can find I remember when they saw the horse's head. I mean, that was pretty Ugh. bad. Um, but in real life, Jacqueline and John F. Kennedy also spent their honeymoon there. So, it, you know, I can go on, but it's to accommodate 400 or more guests for seated dinner. And uh, it's on the market. If you know anyone, just call us. We'll be glad to show them the property. I mean, and then you can have the fame of saying, I own the Godfather's house. You get a piece of the Godfather. Yeah. Now, this is um, not really about real estate, but I really found it very alarming, and I thought I would tell, especially the millennials, but I think that everyone's doing it now. But there were, listen to this, 259 people have died taking selfies. Ugh. Okay, 259 people have died taking selfies. Because they, they selfies. get run over, right, or something? Yeah, it says, but that's not stopping anyone from taking risks to get the perfect snap. Hundreds of people have died while taking selfies in dangerous locations, this recent study found. The 259 deaths recorded in recent analysis of selfie fatalities between October 2011 and November 2017. And that number is growing. The selfies deaths include in the study stem from 137 incidents. And the average age of those who lost their lives were 23 years old. 
Uh, 72.5 selfie victims were male, while 27 were female. So I guess the guys are doing it more than the women. And uh, that meant that the men were more likely to engage in risky behavior to snag selfies. So um, if you know everyone, I'm sure you know millions of people who do selfies. Mm -hmm. Really be careful about where you do them. And if you're doing them, you know, you know, at your home or at a party where there's no dangers, but don't try to do crazy things and do a selfie on them. It really can be very dangerous. Yeah. The, the problem very is, Dottie, everyone's trying to get that, that, you know, perfect picture or like that picture that nobody can take. And usually, you know, it always correlates to something dangerous. So. Yeah, but it's a good thing to tell people because I don't think people realize. Yeah. I mean, again, in the right environment, it's fine. Although I think it's a little bit like, I'm like, these people are such egos. God. Yeah, <laughs> God. Um, you know, Ace, I was wondering, because I read this article. Now, this is uh, has to do with a little bit of financing, but it says entertainers Beyonce and Jay-Z and billionaire hedge fund executive Ken Griffin have all something in common. They are a small growing number of ultra-luxury home buyers who are borrowing tens of millions of dollars for home purchases. Yeah. 233 mega loans. These are loans that are priced between 10 million and 20 million with balances currently outstanding across the country. Almost 23% were originated in 2017 and nearly 16 were originated this year. 123 were originated in California and uh, 40 of those loans uh, in Florida, 31 in, in New York. And uh, if you have a client who's fifty million with your bank, you can uh, try to give them a mortgage. Do you find that there's? I mean, I mean, obviously it's not a large percentage because there's not a large percentage of people that can borrow that kind of money. Yeah, the trend uh, the trend is is definitely shifting, Dottie. I mean, if you look even four years ago, five years ago, anyone with excess of ten million or more in terms of sale price never even looked at a loan. Now. You know, you have all of these wealth managers just, you know, I mean, and, and they're smart. They're leveraging their their assets and, um, you know, they're getting pretty much free money. So why wouldn't you um, borrow against, you know, the uh, low credit? Yeah, and that goes, uh, that goes to rates. saying, and, and I don't want to get us in trouble again, but that goes to God knows, I, I don't know, a bunch of years ago, um, the whole trend was, you know, don't use your money, use the bank, borrow as much as you can. And I don't necessarily agree with that, but there's a theory that if you if you can borrow a little more, um, your money, you know, if you if you take a mortgage and you you have the security of knowing that your home is, you know, you have a lot of equity. Definitely. Um, but and the money really doesn't do anything. It's not gonna. It's not working for you. And correct. so if you can borrow a little bit extra, and you are in a place where you can afford to take that risk. Um, sometimes it pays, and and, and us- usually banks that are that are lending anywhere from ten to twenty million, Dottie, the client has money parked uh, with the financial institution. Uh, you know, quite a bit of um, you know. Right. I mean, they're not uh, they're not doing that. Saying, oh, you doing can borrow that. twenty million, exactly. and by the way, I know you have no money anywhere <laughs> exactly, else. Exactly. They have money else. Yep. Right. So the bank isn't taking uh, a big big risk. No. Right. Not at all. Not at all. Actually. Okay, before I do some questions, I have one other thing. Okay, how many of you guys ever dreamed, maybe you did, Jerry, um, would, you, would you maybe want to buy a residency, Jerry or Ace, to get a, a passport for free? To buy, I'm sorry, buy a what? Would you like, you know, 
So would you, you know, there are countries, there are 23 countries where mm-hmm. you can buy, uh, if you buy a home, a residency, then you can get a passport. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, it's Did never you know occurred that- to me to do that, but I, I know that people do it, and it's actually been proposed to do something like that in the U.S., but... <laughs> well, yes, you can, you can become a resident of the U.S. and other countries by paying a fee, and it's completely legal. Mm-hmm. A number of countries offer citizenships by the uh, CIP program where money normally invested in real estate can actually buy a second passport and the elite status that comes along with owning citizenship in another country. And, um, you know, you can do that in the United Kingdom. You can get a visa from $2 million if you invest in the United, in the United Kingdom economy. The visa allows you to stay for three to four years, and it can be extended further by two years, and you can keep on extending that. And there's a lot of places, like, I mean, if you like Greece, <laughs> you can resonate for me. Look, uh, re- a residency from Greece is $290 million. Okay, so it is expensive. Uh, Antigua, you can get a citizenship for $100,000. Now, in the United States, just so you know, Residencies from five hundred thousand. You need to make an investment of five hundred thousand in rural areas with high unemployment to create ten new full-time jobs. Okay, so the EB five visa lends to U.S. conditional resident status, known as the green card. However, they must have a net worth of at least one million. So you can do it in the United States. You can do it in Canada. Canada offers citizenship from $800,000 if you make an investment in real estate for $800,000 for a period of five years. And you and your spouse must have a personal net worth of $1.6 million. So they're not taking just anybody. But I guess if you have some money and you're willing to put it in their real estate economy, uh, in many places you can get a passport if you want two passports. Hmm. I thought that was... Uh, EB-5 is very common. It is. It is, isn't it? So I have some questions um, that maybe um, you guys can answer. Dear Dottie, I'm confused about earnest money. What's the difference between earnest money and a deposit? My husband says we can get our earnest money back. I looked up earnest in the dictionary, and it said sincere. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, I guess you could get uh, honest money gonna, I think we have a break. dishonest money. Which, Jerry, yeah, we'll what's to, the answer? We'll have to do this as a cliffhanger, Dottie, because we got to take a quick commercial break. And we'll All right, after this, would you tell us between honest I, and dishonest money? <laughs> yes. Okay, we'll be right back after our commercial break. This is Greg Floyd, president of Teamsters Local 237. Join me for Reaching Out. We'll talk about the issues that matter the most to working families, union members, and everyone who cares about the future. On the next Reaching Out, Greg speaks with the president of the National Organization of Women in New York, Sonia Osorio, about gender equality in the Me Too movement. It's Reaching Out with Gregory Floyd, Saturday night at 7 on AM 970, The Answer. 
Nobody knows more about sleeping than my good friend, Mike Lindell. Hi, Joe Piscopo. You know, Mike Lindell's pillows are fantastic. But did you know that MyPillow has an incredible mattress topper that gives you total body support and a great night's sleep every single night? MyPillow's mattress topper is made of three layers that help give you the support you need. It helps relieve pressure points by evenly distributing your body weight and regulates your body temperature with an ultra-soft patented temperature regulating cover. The MyPillow mattress topper is perfect to upgrade dorm beds to give new life to your existing mattress. It comes with a 10-year warranty. You can wash it. It's made in the USA, and it's backed with Mike's 60-day money-back guarantee. Check out this fantastic deal just for you listening to AM970. 30% off the MyPillow mattress topper, plus two free standard MyPillows when you call 800-651-0798. Use the promo code AM970 or go to MyPillow.com. Please be sure to use the promo code AM970. 800-651-0798. Promo code AM970. What do you hear? Most people just hear an engine. We hear a 6.2-liter Hemi V8 with a supercharger that accelerates so fast, it'll suck the air out of your lungs and knock you back in your seat like you're an astronaut in a rocket ship hurtling through the stratosphere. But then again, we're not most people. We're the Brotherhood of Muscle. Dodge. Domestic. Not domesticated. Dodge is a registered trademark of FCA US LLC. In an era where it's tough to know which news outlet to trust, at a time where it's difficult to find facts, not just opinion, there is an oasis in the news desert. It's the Cats Roundtable. John Katsimatidis, the personification of the American dream, who built a multi-billion dollar business empire, talks with some of the nation's top newsmakers every Sunday morning at 8.30 a.m., You won't just hear partisan spin. You'll hear directly from the newsmakers who are shaping the news cycle in the city, the country, and the world. On the Cats Roundtable, you won't just hear about politics. You'll hear about science, business, education, animal rights, and any other topics that you're interested in. Catch the Cats Roundtable every Sunday morning, starting at 8.30, right after Morano in the Morning on AM 970. The Answer. How much do you spend on your pest control each year? 200 300 or even $500 or more? What if I said you could spend less than $25 a year, even less with promo code RADIO20? Then listen up. G'day, I'm Scott from Plug-In Pest Free, and yes, it is possible to rid your home or business of unwanted pests for less than $25 per year. The answer is Plug-In Pest Free. Our best seller, the Plug-In Pest Free Pro, will cover up to 4,000 square feet. Now that's fair dinkum. For just a one-time cost of only $249, even less with promo code RADIO20, you'll be pest-free for years to come. Log on to gopestfree.com today. Use promo code RADIO20 and start driving those pests away. Don't spray and regret. Plug in and forget. Gopestfree.com. That's go. Pestfree.com, promo code RADIO20. It's I on Real Estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. We're back, and we were in the middle of a question from Florence from Long Beach, and she said, I'm confused about earnest money. What's the difference between earnest money and a deposit? 
And of course, she looked it up in the dictionary and said it was sincere. So, Jerry, <laughs> what's the answer? Well, no, I don't think that with that. I don't think that the money is sincere as much as the person putting down the money is sincere. Uh, it's just an interchangeable term that we use in different parts of the country, um, you know, to, to signify your kind of skin in the game when you enter into a deal to do real estate. Typically, you put down a, a deposit or earnest money deposit, or sometimes people call it an escrow deposit. Every part of the country has got a different terminology for it, but it's a, a significant amount of money to make it you know, uh, unlikely that you're just going to walk away. If I sign a contract to buy your real estate and I put down $10, you know, maybe I'll perform, maybe I won't. I've got, I don't care about walking away from $10, but in New York City, it's 10% of the purchase price of you buying a million dollar apartment. You're going to put down $100,000 to confirm that you're going to perform the contract. So that's what yeah. we're talking so about. Yeah, so the more, you, the, the, it, it when you're a seller, what you should be looking at is the down payment, the, the money they're going to put down at contracts. Because as Jerry said, if it's a small amount, then it's easier to walk away. Um, I think, you know, you could probably negotiate somebody with 5%, um, uh, but mostly it's 10 or 20, you know, 10% on contract and 10% on closing. And if it's a decent amount of money, it's less likely that your seller will just, your buyer will forfeit that. Ace. Question for you. Hi, Ace. I wanted to see if there's any way that you and citizens can help my wife and I get a mortgage. I'm sure there will be another rate increase in December for us. This is really hurting us as credit card balances are going up and we keep putting off saving for retirement. Same condo, two bedroom, two bath, 888 square feet, sold on our block for $275,000. Maybe we can finally get approved using this value as a comp. We owe approximately 266000 If anyone in the Northeast market can help, we believe it will be you. If anybody can help us, well, what a compliment. Oh, wow. <laughs> if anybody in the Northeast market can help us, we will think it will be you and Citizens Bank. Please be assured that we really do appreciate your time. Best regards, Tom. Yeah, Dottie, and, and Tom did email us um, actually th- this past week, so I told I told him that I would look into it. But it's really dependent upon the value of of Tom's property as well. Banks like to see that at least you have five percent equity in in the apartment or in the house. So, depending on what the appraisal value comes back at, um, you know, Tom may have some options in terms of refinancing. But you know, at a very high LTV, and LTV stands for loan to value. Um, you know, right now, if the property is worth two hundred seventy-five thousand and he owes about two hundred and sixty thousand, he's right at that ninety-five percent mark. So we may be able to do something for Tom. Well, it's worth to pick up a phone and call as you did, Tom, and we're going to yeah. try. I'm sure if there's anybody that can help you, you're absolutely right. It will be Ace and Citizens <laughs> Bank. We'll definitely find a solution for you. So, try. yeah. Dear Dottie, we're moving my mom into senior care. Chances are she'll never come home, but we don't want to give up her apartment. This is more of a Jerry question. It's rent stabilized, and of course, we're hoping against hope that she'll come home again, but we don't think so. Uh, We're not going to rent it out. Should we tell the landlord that mom is an assisted living facility, even if we never rent it out? It would break our heart to know we let it go. Well, I'm not sure telling the landlord is going to make much of a difference. They're going to figure it out that she's not there. Uh, and, you know, whether or not uh, the person, in, if, if you're in a temporary facility where you're like a rehab facility, 
where you intend to return to the apartment, then you can maintain the the rent stabilized property, notwithstanding the fact that you moved out for a period of time. But relocating to an assisted living facility uh, is, uh, I, I don't think is eligible for keeping the apartment because you've left, you're not returning. Most people, you know, I think that, uh, you know, I would urge you these, these writers to be a little bit more realistic. I understand it's difficult, but when you move into an assisted facility, um, mom is unlikely to return to a non-assisted facility. I mean, unless she's going to a rehab situation where maybe she has a new hip and she needs to learn to walk again and then she'll be back on her feet. Uh, it, you know, it's not, I, I just think you're being unrealistic and delaying the inevitable here. Um, Do you think they should tell them? So I would, I would, even if there's yeah. some small possibility that she comes back. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that uh, you could tell them and, and then may, maybe reevaluate in, in 90 days and if mom is making tremendous improvement uh, such that she doesn't need the assisted living, then, then maybe she can return. But, you know, I think it's, I think it's very unrealistic. And I think they're just, you know, delaying what is ultimately going to have to happen, which is that the apartment has to be given up because mom's not going to return. Sorry, but that's the answer. Just, but, uh, you know, you might want to wait to do it a little bit. Yeah. And, um, but inevitably, if she doesn't come home, unfortunately, that's going to be the outcome. Mm-hmm. One last one, um, dear Dottie, and this this happens a lot. A man trips on the sidewalk in front of our house in Queens and Elmwood. The sidewalk is uneven because of a tree root. The man's lawyer sent us a letter saying he was going to sue us. Who is responsible, us or the city of New York? So this is a very, very good question. Uh, this is like a law it school is. exam question. <laughs> So um, check with a, a, a litigator who, who litigates um, the slip and fall. But I believe the rule is as follows, that in order to, to sue the municipality, and I'm going to get to th- this specific question, but first let's talk about the municipality. So the city has special rules because you can't have everybody su- suing the city every minute where they have to be on notice of the defect um, before they can be held liable uh, for the trip and fall. Sidewalks are owned by the city uh, generally, but there is an obligation um, to maintain to the, to the uh, person who abuts the sidewalk. For example, you're required to shovel your sidewalk within a certain number of hours of, of a snowfall. And if you don't, you get a fine from the city. Now the question then becomes, well, if you fail to, and therefore somebody trips, are you the homeowner responsible? And courts have uniformly held, and I think it's still the holding, that no, the, the homeowner is not liable to the person walking on the sidewalk because the, the whole point of having the homeowner maintain it was simply to reduce costs to the city, but it's still the city's property, uh, and you can't sue somebody uh, if they don't own the property generally. So I don't think that they're going to be successful, but first of all, the letter, turn it over to your homeowner's insurance, and uh, they'll probably come back and say it's not even covered by the homeowner's insurance because it's not your property. Um, but I don't think that you're going to be liable here. But please confirm that with somebody who does this day in and day out. Right, that's somebody who does it for a living. But send yeah. it, I think your first thing is send it to your... Uh, definitely tell your insurance the, company. Yeah, Your insurance company. That's yeah. where you start. Yeah. But usually if it's uh, the street, uh, usually you probably won't be liable, but there's, you know, you have to send it to the insurance company and take it from there. Yep. Okay, one more, and I don't know how much time we have. Uh, Jerry? Yes? This is a terrible thing. 
but it can happen. And how, and how do we know that our condo board is on the level? And this was a story that a condo board check bounces to the bank. And a 618-unit apartment in Astoria is facing foreclosure. Wells Fargo is looking to foreclose on a 618-unit condo development in Astoria after its owners failed to make a loan payment. The 16-building complex boarded at Dittmer's Boulevard had monthly payments of 13000 and change. Wells Fargo filed a foreclosure action after the property's condo board missed a July payment. The failed payment followed the trust discovery of multiple legal actions against the condo board. The trust said it conducted a search and learned of other legal proceedings against the board with allegations including misappropriation of funds and failures mm-hmm. to maintain common areas in the complex. The bank ordered a title search of the property, which revealed multiple violations and frontage fees totaling more than $450,000 according to the suit. Where does that leave somebody who owns a building in the condo? Who owns a condo in the building? Um, I'm not sure what Wells Fargo mortgage is here because you cannot um, legally have a blanket mortgage uh, on a condominium that's that's sold into the public. So they can, however, you can have an individual mortgage, right? The bank loans you money to buy your apartment. But in terms of encumbering the entire building, it generally can't encumber the individual condominium units, but it could encumber the common elements. But that always then raises the question... Well, how do you foreclose on common elements? You know, do you take possession of the elevator? Like the, the, like the halls and the, yeah, the, the, exactly. So, you know, I don't know of any situation where a, a lending bank has ever foreclosed on an overall condominium line of credit or mortgage that that was encumbering a, a common element. It just seems very odd that they could do that. Um, so, it's a it's a little bit unclear to me what recourse they would have against the unit owners. It's obviously a mess. I mean, you, they got to clean this up because they owe the money to the bank. Um, it's a pretty big uh, loan, but it sounds like a huge condominium development here. But Jerry, um, what advice yeah. would you give someone who is purchasing a condo? Um, should they, you know, as far as looking into the board to make sure that the board doesn't owe money, you know, to see mm-hmm. if there's any outstanding suits? I mean, that really becomes doing your homework when you're buying a condo. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's one of the things that uh, a real estate lawyer does for you when you buy. It's very important because, you know. I mean, people, Jerry, you do this for your clients. I know this. But absolutely. What, why don't you to, tell yeah. people what to look for? Yeah. So, you know, we're we're doing a few things. We're going and <clears throat> examining the minutes of the board of directors to see what they're talking about over the last couple of years, to see if there are major projects on the horizon, to see if there's insurance claims that are not being handled by the insurance company getting a sense of, you know, what are what are the board of directors talking about? That's one thing we do. We also look at the uh, financials, the audited financials of the of the condominium association to see what is disclosed there. Um, the offering plan is also relevant. And then we usually send a whole list of custom questions to management to try to probe the situation. How big is the reserve fund? You know, are they planning on raising common charges? Are they putting on a brand new roof and elevator system, are they going to be shutting down the elevator while they do the new elevator and therefore, you know, uh, putting a moratorium on renovations for a year? These are the types of things you find out when you do perform due diligence in a building. But something like this would certainly have come up when uh, when uh, somebody did due diligence before coming in because, you know, if you were buying in that um, condominium association, you might pause and say, do I really want to, 
jump in bed with this mess, you know? Right. So you do your homework and get a real estate attorney like Jerry when you are doing something in real estate because your son-in-law, who happens to be a divorce attorney, is not going to be versed on that. No. And that's really important to do your homework. Um, again, he doesn't want to do it anyway. He's right. Yeah. Okay. He's right. I don't think we have too much time left. But, um, so I wanted to do a topic. I don't know if I have much time because it's, yeah, we have four minutes. minutes. Yeah. Okay. So again, a predictions on mortgage rates. When are they supposed to go up again? 30 year fix is about 489. Yeah, it's around 489. People are nervous that it may hit 5%, but, um, you know, they're predicting by the end of the year. By the end of the year, but we'll see. Well, you know, there's still a lot of uh, different variables that will um, play a part in, in the Federal Reserve deciding whether they want to increase it or not. But, you know, the, the direction is that it will increase. It's just a matter of time. So, okay. I'll do this quick. But there was a poll, I thought you should know, of over over 5,000 people. And um, they asked the people what amenities were negotiable and how much they would pay to have easy access to things that they liked. And the amenities that were considered most essential to an apartment or a home were, one, central air, very important, mm-hmm. or heaters were at the top of the respondents' list. So think of that. Central air and a, and a, you know, a good heating system. Beyond keeping their home temperature year-round, renters and homeowners had relatively different perspectives on what mattered most. But for people living in apartments, in-unit washers and dryers, 62% of people living in apartments having an in-house, you know, and in their apartment washer and dryer, and being permitted to have pets were the most crucial elements that that Hmm. were important to them. And that was in a rental, okay? In contrast, about 59% of homeowners, not renters, preferred having a private patio or backyard, and 42% voted for a guest bedroom. So having that little spare guest bedroom or den that you can convert. Renters and homeowners, listen to this, were less interested, and that we had a couple of calls with this question. Renters and homeowners were less interested in cosmetic upgrades compared to practical necessities. Only around 6% of renters identified stainless steel appliances as crucial, and less than 7% of homeowners said the same about having swimming pools. Now, I would say that's all correct about swimming pools unless you live in the Hamptons or, or an area where pools are just standard. Um, millennials often said to treat their pets as well as their children, they were willing to pay more than other generations to make sure that they could bring pets into their apartment. And they would pay about $100 a month more. Millennials were also willing to shell out the most cash each month for two other modern living conveniences. Central air, again, as I said before, and those washer and dryers. And believe me, if you don't have one in your apartment, it is a pain in the ass. Excuse my language. Baby boomers would give over $117 each month to ensure their appliances were stainless steel. So see the differences? Baby boomers wanted stainless steel, and millennials wanted their pets. <laughs> okay. have. Some of the priorities are. Yeah. Yeah, it depends on, uh, you know, they and, 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 and the baby boomers were passionate. Eye on Real Estate with Dottie Herman is sponsored by Citizens Bank N.A. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.